Amen. I don't know about you, but I love the day of Pentecost. Amen. You know, I wish they have Happy Pentecost Day. <laughs> Amen. You remember how God filled you with the Spirit. You know, for those of our guests and friends, my name is Timothy Lee. I'm the senior pastor of Tabernacle of Joy. If you are here for the very first time, we welcome you to the house of the Lord. And yes, today is a very special day because many of us here had that Pentecostal experience. So what's that Pentecostal experience? It's the Spirit of God moving into our lives. And He gave us a promise that He will never leave us nor forsake us. And, and, and you know, when I received the Holy Spirit, I never became the same anymore. I still remember when, when my mom saw me, I was just littered up because I felt God cleansing me, God giving me the Spirit and I became alive. Everything that I was taught from a Bible study suddenly become alive. And we want to share that experience with all our guests and friends here. And sometimes, you know, we've been in church for so long. It's been a while since God filled us back again. It's not just one time, but, but some of you need a refreshing. And God wants us to refresh because sometimes we forgot what has happened to us. Amen. And, and some of us already have that experience in our worship. And God is wanting to fill us with the Spirit of God. And where the Spirit of God is, there is, the Bible says, liberty. Amen. Suddenly I'm breaking free, you know. If you're wondering why we dance, why we shout, hey, this church, everybody stand one. <laughs> because we are free. Amen. We are free to express ourselves. And again, I hope we do not make you feel uncomfortable. But, you know, we are blessed today and we want to just show our appreciation to our God. Why don't we give our God one more time a praise offering? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, uh, today we got a lot of things to cover and today we have a very special guest. Amen. Uh, he's a very good dear friend of mine. Uh, Pastor Peters, all the way from Wisconsin Parkway Apostolic Church. Some of you do not know because you are new here. You, what is Parkway Apostolic Church? You know, my spiritual mummy. Sister Jenny Miller And both of you that have been around for some time You know Sister Jenny Miller And this is her pastor Okay And this is where we learn our worship We dance I, I still remember when Sister Jenny would play the videotape And I will see, man, these people are crazy These people are dancing These people are shouting And they are still dancing They are still shouting And that's the reason why we dance and shout Because I thought, wow You can express yourself that way in church Wow, we learn a lot of things and, and, and many of us are, 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 are you know, are recipients of the home Bible study, you know. I still remember, you know, Bishop Frank Tamil, he came, he talked about home Bible study. We are so blessed. In, and what's a home Bible study? In, in, in Tabernacle of Job, we call it unlocking the Bible. If you are here for the very first time, say, what's unlocking the Bible? I know the Bible is kind of intimidating for many people and they want to know God. But, God has given us these 66 love letters. I call it the Holy Bible. Amen. And it's kind of challenging for us to read these 66 books. Can somebody give me a summary? And that's what we have here at Tabernacle of Joy. We have a class here called Unlocking the Bible. We want to make it available free. We'll do this one-on-one -on -one with you. And our goal is everybody deserves to know God's story. 
And that's why at Tabernacle of Joy, we do this free of charge, one-on-one, not a classroom setting. We want you to understand what the Bible has got to say about you. Amen. You are important to God. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are important to God. Amen. And we want to share that love story with you. And the reason why we share it is not because we want you to join our church. If you want to join our church, that's fine. But more importantly, we believe that everybody, everybody in the world needs to know about God's story. Everybody say, praise God. You know, before I invite uh, Pastor Peters here, I want us to do something. Can I have the prayer cloth? Amen. You know, uh, we're going to be praying for Sister Jenny. You know, she's, if, if, like what I say, you know, many of us know who Sister Jenny is. Some of you do not know. Well, she's really one of the founders of Tabernacle of Joy. And we are so blessed with her ministry. She is my spiritual mom, my wife's spiritual mom, and some of your spiritual moms. We're going to pray for her. And you remember, we have this prayer cloth. You know, Sister Jenny, if you're watching online, we love you. I got to look at that camera. We're going to be praying for you. We're going to be uh, laying hands on this prayer cloth and we're going to send it back to Pastor Peters and he will pass this to you because the church loves you. We're going to be praying. We believe in the power of the God to whom we pray to. So we're going to lay hands and why don't you stretch your hands? We're going to be praying for this cloth. Father, this is our substance of faith, Father, right now. God, we ask God that you touch this cloth. Touch Sister Jenny. God, wherever she is. Lord, I pray, God, that you will touch her right now as we seek your face, Father. Lord, Lord, as he release this cloth, Father, I, Lord, release faith. Release the miraculous. Release the demonstration of miracle signs and wonders, God, that you will touch her so that she can be about doing God's business, Father. Yeah, I know she has a passion to do God's business, so... Lord, I, I, I release, God, Lord, this, this, this anointing into this, this cloth, God. And, and, and I believe in God for a miracle. And all God's people say, Amen. Pastor Peters, it's such an honour for you to be here today. Amen. He has a great first name, Timothy. Amen. You know, and we are so blessed to have him here. We wish that his wife was with us. But nevertheless, he stayed behind, you know, uh, he, we had great, great fellowship and sometimes he, we, we, we invite pastors to come just for the fellowship. Amen. I hope you understand that. My, my family needs fellowship. <laughs> Amen. And he comes in and we love his family. And, and if you're watching online, thank you for allowing Pastor Peters to be a part of this church. Pastor Peters, would you come and minister the word of the Lord to us? Praise the Lord, everyone. I am so thankful to be here, and uh, it's truly an honor. You know, uh, your pastor, this is what he said. I'm going to repeat exactly what he said. He said, it is an honor for me to be here today with you. And he is correct. It is an honor for me to be here with you because truly I know who I am, and it's a result of God's love and God's mercy in my life that I would stand before you today in this place. And I want to give honor to your pastor, your, your pastor's wife, your pastor's family. This is a tremendous family. Um, I would just say this to you. 
um, it's really self-serving when a pastor would stand up in front of you and say, my family sacrifices a lot for you. You wouldn't want to hear that. And it would be really uncomfortable for them to say that. But being a pastor and being a, a husband and a father, I can tell you that as a family, there is a lot of things that they do without, so to speak, time together, rest times, holidays, because they have a burden and they feel a privilege to serve you. And so I want to give high honor to uh, this family and just say what an honor it is to be here. I celebrate you and your faithfulness uh, to this assembly of believers. Um, if you have your Bibles, I'm, I'm, we're going to go to the Word of the Lord quickly this morning uh, because I, I want to uh, be aware of the time. But I believe that I have a word uh, from the Lord for you. And uh, this morning, I'll, I'm going to tell you what my title is before I even begin. And it's two words, unspeakable joy, unspeakable joy. If you have your Bibles, Isaiah chapter 12 and verse uh, 3 reads this way. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. Therefore, with joy shall you draw, wa draw out waters from the well of salvation. Would you pray with me this morning one more time? Gracious Father, we love you and we thank you for your faithfulness. I'm so grateful for your love. I'm so grateful for the opportunity and the privilege to stand here with your people. And I pray, God, that you would speak to us. I pray, God, that your word would be heard and that you would do a mighty miracle in this place today. Let us be refreshed. Let us be restored. Let us be renewed and empowered by the working of your spirit in this house. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I also want to say thank you to the worship team this morning uh, that was up here in front. Uh, thank you to all of you for your uh, use of your talents, your abilities, your anointing to lead us into a place of worship. And thank you to all of you as worshipers and ministers as you worked with them. Because, you see, I, I often equate the, the time of worship to something very important. How many of you have ever been to the dentist? Have you ever been to the dentist? Have you ever had them extract a tooth or have to drill a hole in your tooth? Oh, you're feeling it already. It's just, can you imagine doing that without the, the Novocaine or the stuff that numbs your mouth? Can you imagine what it would feel like if you didn't have that? It would not feel good. Worship before the preaching of the word is like that shot, uh, that anesthesia that you would get before a surgery. Without worship, the word is a sword, and it will cut. But if we come to the word properly, and we come with praise and thanksgiving and worship, the, the word, instead of a sword, it becomes a scalpel. And it's it's deft. It's able to do its work swiftly, and it doesn't hurt as much. And so I'm thankful for your worship. I'm thankful that you uh, engaged in that this morning. Uh, let me ask you a question. How many of you here today feel like 
There are a whole lot of people in our world that could use a little joy. There might be some of you that are gathered here today that could use a little bit of joy. Brother Sam got up here and he was talking about the things that you came here with and the burdens that you carry. Maybe it's a dark time that you're going through. I'm here to tell you, they sang the song, Break Out, right? We need a breakthrough, and it comes when we realize that we have joy in our lives. And today, uh, as we celebrate, as we commemorate Pentecost Sunday, this is a day where it's already been mentioned that we memorialize, that we celebrate, that we remember the precious opportunity that has been afforded to us, that's been given to us, that we might be blessed with the necessary power that comes from the Spirit of God in our lives. In the, in the book of Acts, uh, the eighth chapter uh, and the eighth verse, there is a statement that is mentioned here. This is, this is following uh, the persecution of Saul on the church. This is following the, the stoning of Stephen. And it says that Philip went into Samaria and he preached the gospel and the city received the word and there was great joy in the city. My city needs joy. Your city needs joy. It's, it's recorded in Acts, again, the first chapter and verse 8, that by the words of Jesus, that if they would tarry in Jerusalem, that they would be endued with power from on high. That, speaking of the infilling of the Holy Ghost, uh, a power that comes into our lives to, to complete us, a power that comes to transform us. And it's in this amazing moment, it's in this moment that I, as an individual, experience the greatest miracle of all, the infilling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit of God, evidenced with the speaking of new tongues. And this morning... I want to remind each and every one of you that are under the sound of my voice that as a result of the fulfilled promise, what we celebrate as Pentecost Sunday, we can have this every day. Pastor, when you said, I wish there was a happy Pentecost Sunday, a happy Pentecost day, there is. It's every day when I wake. I need to remember. I need to remind myself of the goodness of God. And I need to remind myself that there is joy available to me each and every day. And as a result of this, again, the Bible stating in Acts 8 and verse 8 that the, the whole city was filled with great joy. This morning, I believe that God would like for each and every one of us to receive that joy. Every one of us to be filled with that joy. That your family would be filled with that joy. That your community would be filled with that joy. That your care group would be filled with that joy. That your co-workers might be filled with that joy as a result of believing and receiving that which Christ has done for you and me. In the book of Isaiah, and this is where I will spend most of my time this morning, in the book of Isaiah, the 12th chapter, this is a, a very encouraging chapter in many ways, as it is a prophetic declaration of what is available to us, just like it was to those to whom it was given originally. 
You would find here in the 12th chapter, the context that the people of God uh, were making their way back from finding themselves in exile. They had been in bondage. They had been under the leadership of, of a, uh, an unbeliever. They had been bound. They had been imprisoned. They had been separated from God as a result of their sinfulness. Does that sound familiar to you at all? <laughs> How many of us find ourselves free and then bound? The Apostle Paul makes a statement in one place, and he says, I am amazed. In my translation of the scripture, it would be, I am astounded that you are now returned to the same bondage which you have been liberated from. That's us. Hello? God liberates us. God frees us. And it's not long, and we find ourselves dealing with the same issues and the same struggles that he liberated us from. And then our lives seem filled with darkness and chaos and the burdens become too heavy. We can't seem to find the direction or the will to continue to go forward. You see, it's because you and I have a similar condition as the children of God did. And it's this condition of sinfulness that separated us from God, from the nearness of God. The result of sin in our lives has caused my life and caused your life to ultimately come under the judgment of God. And I'm destined to feel his wrath and his judgment, his anger as a result of that separation. But God, ah, I love that. I, I want to preach a message sometime and I, I will, but my wife always says, you shouldn't say this. And since she's not here today, uh, don't tell her. But I really would like to preach a message with the title, The Best Butts in the Bible. <laughs> because it seems like when everything would go wrong, the Bible says, but. Uh, it, it, it would seem like in, in the scripture would say, when I find myself in, in tragedy, but. The Lord lifted my head. When I find myself in darkness, but the Lord would shine his light into my life. When I find myself in sickness, the Bible says, but the Lord will heal me. When I find myself in bondage, the Bible says, but the Lord will deliver me. I'm thankful this morning that I have an understanding that there is a way out of my situation. And it's a result of his greatness and his love and his mercy, which provides a remedy for the condition of my life. And so here in the book of Isaiah, chapter 12 and verse 1, the scripture reads, And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Thou wast angry with me. Thine anger is turned away. And thou comfortest me. You see, how does, how does God do this for us? Well, it begins with this. God, God comes to a place that he, he stands outside of the context of time. And he says, you know, I have all these angels and, and they worship me. They, they give me praise and adoration because they have to. They don't have a choice. And God determines, I'm going to do an experiment. And he says, I'm going to create something that's like me, humanity, with the power of choice. 
to be able to decide what to do. But before he even creates mankind, before he even institutes the context of time, he looks back from where he is and he says, but they'll fail me. They'll reject me. They'll decide that they don't want anything to do me. Aren't you thankful this morning that the great creator didn't say, you know what, it's going to fail in most people's lives, so why even bother? Why allow my heart to be broken that they would not receive my love, that they would reject my love? But I would tell you this morning, he looked into the future to you today, and he said, but I know that there's someone in 2023 in Singapore that says, you know what, I, I, I would receive that love and I would give that love back to you. And so he says, before I even create them, I'm going to have a plan that when they fail, that I might restore them to myself and I would be able to shower my love upon them. So God robes himself in flesh, is born of a virgin, so that he could offer himself as payment as the sacrifice, as the atoning price for my salvation, for my redemption. Verse 2 of Isaiah chapter 12 says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. You, you know, how, ah, I'm going to be careful. How many of you have ever been to a concert? Okay, uh, Maybe not a Christian concert. Be brave. Be brave. Be very brave. Okay, how many of you have watched a non-Christian concert on television? Don't raise your hand. They have this place, right? It, it, there's the stage and the singer, right? They're up there and they're performing and they're singing. And there's this area that's between the stage and the seats. And in that area, so in the U.S., we call that the mosh pit. And that's where people are jumping and they're crazy and they're, they're body surfing, you know, they're passing people around. They're crazy. Why is it that in those moments... It's expected. It's normal. We paid to have a good time. But when I come to the house of the Lord, that it's hard for me to break out of my piousness and my, my seriousness when God has liberated me and I realize he's turned my sorrow into dancing. He's, he's turned my tragedy into hope. When I realize that he's given me joy, I cannot help but express myself in praise and worship. So we must realize that he came that I might have joy. And not just joy, but an abundance of joy. Not just an abundance of joy, but unspeakable joy, undescribable joy. You know, I'm not sure why I feel so joyful, because everything around me seems bleak. But I know in whom I have trusted. You see, there's a song we used to sing in the old days, and it goes like this. I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. I get joy when I think about 
what he's done for me. You see, when I begin to list the things that he's done in my life, it doesn't matter how dark my day is. It doesn't matter what I'm going through because I begin to remind myself, oh, he was faithful then. He was faithful there. He was faithful here. And my Bible says that he's the God that never changes. He's the same yesterday. He's the same tomorrow. That means he'll be the same today. So I'm getting ready to write another account of what he's done. And that's why I have joy. My joy is not an emotion. My joy is a revelation of the faithfulness of God. And it's stirred by the stirring of the Holy Ghost in my life. I need this joy. Therefore, I need a refreshing of the Holy Ghost in my life. He came that I might replace my fear with confidence. He came that I might have strength in my weaknesses. He humbled himself to the death of the cross that I might have life. And not just life, but life more abundantly. And not just for me, but for you and for those that you know and for those who would hear and respond in the future. I'm thankful that he never runs out of joy. That he never says, I'm out. I don't have any more. You'll have to wait. We have to restock the supply. I'm thankful to realize that who Whosoever will can come and receive what he has for our lives. You see, joy that comes as a realization that I was trapped by a crushing weight of sin. And that there was no hope for me. That there was no way out for me. That there was nothing that I could do to escape it. I could not live good enough. I could not give enough. But I needed a Savior. And he came that I might have that joy. That my life that was empty can now be filled. That my life, which was wandering aimlessly without purpose or direction, now it's moving with a purpose, and it's an eternal purpose. It's a purpose of which God has designed and God is ordering. It's the result of this revelation and this experience that then verse 3 of chapter 12 becomes so real and so understandable and much more impacting in my life. Therefore, with joy shall I draw water out of the wells of salvation. You see, once the Lord gives me access, he said, I can just keep coming back. However I want, much I want of him is how much I'll have of him. You know, we used to sing songs like, more of you, Lord, more of you. It's like, it's like on Christmas when a parent has presents for their children. And they say to the child, I have this. Do you want this? And the child says, yes, yes, yes. And they say, oh, no, not, not right now. Do you want more? Or do you want it? No, you can't. Hey, I'm sorry. It's not. That's not what God does. It's not what God does. You have as much of God as you desire. Do you desire more? 
I promise you, he already desires to show you more of himself. Will you pursue him? Will you be hungry for him? Will you say, God, fill me up? Fill me up, God. I I don't want to stay where I am any longer. God, I don't want to be stale and stagnant in my relationship with you. But God, come as a consuming fire in my life and baptize me afresh with the Holy Ghost. My life, once empty and dry, now I have every access to everything that heaven has to offer. Everything that heaven has, I have access to as a child of the king. There is no limit to accessing that relationship with Christ. There is nothing that stands in the way between him and I but me and my desire. God, I desire you. Help me to be in this place that I desire more of you. The psalmist, the the king, the shepherd, David, declares that his soul thirsted for God as it were a, a desert place, a dry and barren place as it desires those raindrops that would come because things are so barren and dry. He said, that's how I feel about your presence, O God. And God speaking through the prophet Isaiah declares that as a result of the pardon that he affords to us, we will now be able to draw water out of these wells of salvation and drink to our heart's content. No more thirst that is unquenchable. No more longing for what I have desired. I have found it and it is in the baptism and the refreshing of the Holy Ghost in my life. Verses 4 and 5 of the same chapter in Isaiah reads this way, and in that day shall you say, praise the Lord. Can you all say praise the Lord this morning? Call upon his name. Declare his doings among the people. Make mention that his name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. I believe it's important for us to celebrate and to talk about the good things that God is doing because it stirs faith in our hearts that God said through the word, he said he is not a respecter of persons. So when I say, why are you so blessed? I go to God and I say, hey, hold on. You're not prejudiced. You said if if you're doing it for him, you'll do it for me. And so I'm looking for how, what, what is the way that I get into his presence that I can receive the blessings of God as I see him being poured out in other places. And I hear the blessings and I hear the testimonies and I get encouraged. In the book of Acts chapter 15 verse 3, it's the, the apostles had went and, and they began to share the testimonies of the things that God had been doing among the believers. And the Bible says that the people were encouraged greatly as a result of those testimonies. And so this morning, I want to share some testimonies with you. There, there is a couple in our church who came to me with a prayer request. Now, I want you to know I got all kinds of faith Uh, for peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because I can go to the supermarket and I can get bread and I can get peanut butter and I can get jelly and I can answer that prayer request for you. But there's some prayer requests 
And I'm like, whew, I can't do this one. It's going to require God. And so this was one of those requests. They, this couple comes to me and, and they said, we, Pastor, we would like you to anoint us with oil and we would like you to pray for us. The husband had had a medical procedure a number of years ago where it made it impossible for him to be able with his wife to conceive children. They were, no, they were never going to be able to have children, and they had had much consultation, and he had had surgical procedures, and they had visited fertility clinics, and they had, they had done everything they knew medically possible to make it happen. And the doctors had said, it's impossible. You'll, you'll never be able to have children. And undoubtedly, they were very disappointed and discouraged. And then they thought, We'll go to pastor, and pastor will pray, and everything will be okay. Can you please understand this morning? Sometimes when you come to pastor and ask him to pray, he's not the guy with the magic wand or the magic powder and abracadabra, and your prayer gets answered. It's got nothing to do with us. <sighs> and so sometimes I'm like, God, I, I need my faith to be encouraged today. Well, so they come to me and I said, Pastor, we need prayer because we need a miracle. They have said it's impossible for us to have children. And I said, well, praise the Lord. That's when God does his best work. When everybody says it's impossible, God starts rolling his sleeves up and he says, I'm about to show off. So we prayed. And I remember the day they called me excited on the phone to let me know that God had answered their prayer and they were pregnant with a child. Much to be celebrated, right? And you, you're being quiet this morning. That's okay. I know I'm, I'm in, in Singapore and we're, you know, we're, we don't get real excited. It's okay. But you're probably nervous because you're like, okay, they're pregnant, but what's coming? Well, I want you to know, I, I was celebrated with, on, with them. I'm like, praise God, I knew it. I knew it, God would answer. And then I'm like, oh God, protect that pregnancy, protect that child, protect them, because I just knew something was going to go wrong. But it didn't. And they delivered that child. They delivered that child. God did such a miracle that this man realized he really liked his wife. And so after that first child was born, 13 months later, they had another child. So they have a boy and a girl, and they are healthy, and they are beautiful, and God answered their prayer. Four years ago on a Pentecost Sunday, just like today, I was preaching the word, and there was a man in our church who had been diagnosed with diabetes from a, from a young child, and, and he heard me preaching the word that day, and the word that came forth that day was that God would heal, and that God was a miracle-answering God. And, and he, as he was listening, he said to himself, this is what happened in the book of Acts. They heard the word preached, they believed, and then God did the miraculous. So he said, I believe. I, I just simply believe. And so he walked up to me that morning, and he said, Pastor, I want you to know God healed me of my diabetes. And I said, well, praise God, don't stop taking your insulin. Go to the doctor and get a checkup, and let's find out. Because here's what I'm going to tell you. 
let's prove to the devil and let's prove to our world that God did a certifiable miracle. I don't want it to just be, well, we think he did. Oh, it could have been. Maybe it wasn't. I want you to know that he went in for a checkup. And now today, four years later, still no diabetes, still no need for medication. God is in the healing business. I get joy when I think about ah. Another lady came to me that was in our church, and she had a sleep disorder. And she had to sleep with a machine, and she had these other apparatuses that she had to use. And it, it, was, it was uncomfortable, and it was problematic in her life. And so she came to me, and she asked, would you pray for me? I'm going back to the doctor because I want to see if I, they have this new thing that they can give me, and it'll help me. And would you pray with me that God would make the doctor say, yeah, you're a candidate. You can have this. I said, No. I'm not praying that. I mean, if we're going to pray, let's pray that he heals you. So we prayed. And she went to her doctor's appointment, hoping that she would get the device that she wanted. And so the doctor said, you know what, let's do another sleep study. Let's put you through the test. Let's find out what happened. And he called her back in after all the tests. And he said, "Um, you don't need the device that you're using. And, And the device that you want... I'm not going to give it to you. And and she's looking, and immediately she begins to feel the weight of the disappointment. And he says, because you don't have the disorder anymore. You don't need anything. You just go home. Something has changed. Again, God is in the miracle working business. I had another man in the church who had went to the doctor and they said he needed a hip replacement. And we're preaching the word that God is faithful. And as a result of the power of the Holy Ghost working in our lives that he can provide and he can be our healer. He said to me that morning after the service, he said, Pastor, I know that you called everybody to come to the front so that you and the team could pray. He said, but I was in so much pain. He said that I could not leave where I was sitting. He said, and as I leaned on the pew and I thought, God, I wish I could go up there so I could be prayed for. He said, I felt like the Lord said to me, you have not because you ask not. So pastor never touched him. Pastor never prayed for him, not one-on-one, but he stood in his chair and he prayed, God, would you heal me? Would you touch me? And so he went back into the doctor and they said, um, you, you, you're feeling better. He said, yeah, I've been feeling better. And, and he said, I would like a second opinion. So they did an MRI and they ran all the tests and they came back and they said, you know, we don't know what to tell you, but your one hip that we said needed to be replaced, it looks like a 20-something-year-old's hip. And so we ran a scan on the other hip, and it looks just like that one. Uh, We don't know what happened, but it seems to be, and he goes, it's a miracle, because I prayed and God answered the prayer. You see, that's the power of a Holy Ghost-filled life. God can work within us, and God can work through us to perform 
great and mighty things. I, I have a number of testimonies that I could share with you about people who lost their jobs, laid off in mass layoffs, and, and we prayed, and they called them back not even a week later and said, you know, we made a mistake. We shouldn't have laid you off. And, and as a matter of fact, we don't know why you've even been doing the job you were doing. We're going to give you a two-level promotion, and we're going to give you a 35% increase in your salary. Don't tell me that God won't take care of his people. Don't tell me that it doesn't mean anything to live a life that's filled with the Spirit of God. I need the presence of the Holy Ghost in our life. One last testimony. There's a, a, another family in our church, and they had been married for a number of years again and could not have children. And they came to me and they said, Pastor, I mean, I have, God has done some amazing things. Um, I, prayed for, I prayed for one lady that she, she couldn't get pregnant, and I, I prayed, and as I was praying, her sister walked up and said, Pastor, I have the same medical condition that she has. Would you also pray for me? And I'm like, yeah, no problem. And have you ever prayed those prayers that were just like, eh, you know what, in Jesus' name, be healed, right? It's not, it's like you, you didn't pray this beautiful big prayer. And so as I began to pray, the spirit of prophecy came on me, and I heard these words come out of my mouth. As it was in Sarah, according to the time of life, you shall both conceive a child and bring forth a child. And as it's coming out of my mouth, this is what I'm thinking. Dear God in heaven, what are you doing? What? And as soon as I said, as soon as I said amen, I walked away. And I would see him in church, and I'd be like, oh, praise the Lord, how? Do you know nine and a half months later, they delivered children within seven days of each other? Holy Ghost power. When you have the Holy Ghost in your life, it stirs something. That's why in my darkest moments, in my hardest times, no matter what it is that I'm going through, I know that I have joy. Because joy is not impacted by my situation or my circumstances. Joy is found as a result of a revelation that I am a child of God and I have been filled with his spirit. Let me, let me give you this because I need to wrap up because I know that my alarm is going to go off on my phone and I want to make sure that I share something with you that I just thought of. Uh, I don't know if they can put Luke chapter 10 verse 19 on the screen for me this morning. Luke chapter 10 verse 19. I want to show you something that, I, that is powerful in my life and it has so much to do with joy and it has so much to do with being filled with the Spirit of God. Watch this. Luke chapter 10 verse 19. How many of you have heard this scripture before? Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you you. That's pretty awesome, right? But I have news for you. I'm not looking for snakes to step on, and I'm not looking for scorpions to step on. But there's something powerful in this, in this verse of scripture. You know, the problem with the English language is that it doesn't, uh, it uses the same words to describe lots of words. 
And so you have to be careful that you understand the true context of what the word means. And so here in this scripture, there, the word power is used two times. But it doesn't mean the same thing in both places. You see, the first word power is from the Greek word excusia. And really what it means is authority or power of choice. The second word, power, has everything to do with ability. So let me reread the scripture for you with Revelation. Behold, I give unto you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the ability of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Do you realize that this is a prophetic declaration of Christ to us as his followers? What he's saying is, my enemy has the ability to cause chaos in my life, to bring distraction into my life, to bring foolishness into my life. But because of the infilling of the power of the Holy Ghost, in those moments when the enemy comes against me with his ability, I have the authority under the anointing of the Holy Ghost to determine my choice and how I'm going to respond to it. That's why in my hard times, I can confound and confuse my enemy because I have a response of joy. And though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's why the enemy of Job said, yeah, just let me get a little closer to him and he'll deny you. No, no, no. It, it, it doesn't work that way because I have an understanding within me that stirs and it leads and it guides me into all truth. It gives me greater revelation that when I'm struggling... I can still be filled with joy. You know, because this world is not my home. The, the wealth that I amass here, that's not what I'm living for. I'm looking to a better place. I'm looking to a place that he's preparing for me. That because I have been born of the water and the spirit, I know that there is a home built for me in glory. And that gives me joy. That's where I have my breakthrough. That's where I feel my jailbreak coming. That's why the apostles could sit in the prison cell at midnight having been beat, having been tortured, and in the midst of the night, in the darkest of the night, they begin to lift up praise. Why? Because they were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and it can't help but stir joy. It can't help but stir praise. It can't help but move me into a place of worship and adoration and ultimately into the presence of God. And pastor said, it's in his presence that there is fullness of joy. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Do you need a jailbreak this morning? Amen. Do you need a break out of some stuff? It begins with a refreshing of the Holy Ghost in your life. If you never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, let me let me give this to you. I'm going to ask that you would stand with me this morning and the worship team can get ready to come or they can begin coming. Receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost is not some mystical, hard thing. 
It's all about whether or not your heart is prepared to receive. This morning, I, I will lead us in a, in a prayer of repentance. You see, the beautiful thing about God is that when we, when we call out to Him for mercy and we ask Him to forgive us of our sins, it's that quick. He forgives quicker than we can ask for it. But in order for us to be redeemed, we must be baptized. That all of those sins that He has forgiven can be removed from our life, removed from our record. If we desire the infilling of the Holy Ghost, we must realize that the Scripture says that He enthrones Himself in the praises of His people. You want to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost this morning. You want to be refreshed in the Holy Ghost this morning. This is why we say when it's praise and worship time, open your mouth and let your praises go forth because it becomes the vehicle that God gets on. There was the line in the song this morning. He's riding on our praise. I want him to ride into my house. And so as we, with a repentant heart, lift our hands and lift our voices and we begin to praise Him, He will fill you with the Holy Ghost. Heavenly Father, you pray in your own words, but ask God this. Lord, today I present myself to you. Lord, I'm unclean. I'm unworthy. I'm not deserving of your grace and your mercy. But today I've realized that you have said that I can draw water from the well of salvation, that I can have joy. Today, I ask that you would forgive me, Lord, of anything that's within my life today that's unpleasing to you. God, that you would forgive me of the sin in my heart and in my mind and in my life. God, today, I commit myself to you, to love you, to pursue you. I thank you today for your forgiveness. And now, would you today, as you just continue to lift up your voice to Him, they're going to sing a song, but as you begin to lift up your voice, allow Him to touch you. Allow Him to minister to you. Use your voice. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I desire you. God, I thank you for filling me with the Holy Ghost. I thank you for the blessing. I thank you for joy. I thank you for the promise. And as you worship Him, allow Him to give you that new language. Today, care group leaders, ministry, would you begin to pray with one another? Would you, those that desire the Holy Ghost this morning, if you would like to come to the front, there's not a lot of room, but if you would like to come here, you're welcome to. If you would desire to stay there, we will find you and we will pray with you. But would you just continue to lift him up? Make your place an altar today. God, I need you. God, I desire you. We bless your name. We bless your name. Man, thank God that he saved us. Thank God that He fill us with the Holy Spirit. Come on, for those of you that have been filled with the Holy Ghost, I want you to reach out to God in celebration. I want you to begin to draw wells from that joy. Draw from that, that joy of salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's create an atmosphere. People are still being responsible.
receiving the Holy Spirit. But if you today come, come and thank God that He saved us. Thank God that He has forgiven us. Thank God that He is a great God. He who began a good work, He will complete your work in our lives. Come on, let's give Him praise today. Come on, today, let's be grateful. This is the day of Pentecost. This is where the Spirit of the Lord is being poured out. Hallelujah. Come on, let's clap our hands. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that God is doing it again? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, let's clap our hands while people are still playing. Oh, I'm so glad that you fill me with the Holy Spirit. I'm so glad. I am so glad. Come on, begin to draw. Come on. Oh, I'm so glad that you saved me. I'm so glad that I'm forgiven. I come today, God, as a forgiven soul. I'm so glad that I have the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, church, I think we can do one more time. Let's celebrate the fact that we have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus Come on, let's clap our hands one more time Thank you Jesus, thank you God Thank you Jesus Joy Thank you, Jesus. Turn to somebody says, This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody say, I will rejoice. Come on, put that smile on your face. I will rejoice. I will rejoice. Amen. And I know all things will work together. Amen. Everybody say, Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is on your side. No weapon. Form against me shall prosper. Come on, I think we can do better than that. Oh, when I receive the Holy Ghost, I don't receive just a tiny version of God. God is in me. The glory, the hope. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. I become his child. Come on. Let's end up in praise. I am his child. I can cry ever. A bondage to fear, but there's a spirit of adoption. I'm adopted by my king, I'm adopted by my God. 
Hallelujah. I don't consider this a light thing. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. This is the will of the Father. When we walk here, we have joy unspeakable. Amen. This is the day of Pentecost. People are drunk, so happy, you know, with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Some of us, listen, listen. Some of us must decide that I will not let that poison in me. I will not let the poison of anxiety in me. Yeah, he may bite me, but I choose what kills me. Am I allowing that venom to kill me? No! I was glad when they said it unto me. Come on, everybody say amen. When I'm going home today, I'm going home glad. I'm going home excited. Amen. When I go to my workplace, I say, my God is still on the throne. He is my provider. He is my protector. He has never, never failed me. Hallelujah. Oh, what a God we serve. Wow. Amen. Some of us need to look at, wow. <laughs> Amen. Not why your problems so bigger. Why your problems? I say, wow, God is bigger. Amen. And the spirit of the Lord is just a seal. Come on, everybody say, praise God. It lets you know that you are a child of God. Everybody say, praise God. You know, I get it. I get it. Sometimes we get touched. And then tears of joy. I call it tears of joy. But sometimes we allow ourselves to be unhappy. I would allow the Holy Spirit to turn that tears of sorrow into dancing. I will put on the garment. Listen, the Bible says this. We need to put on the garment of praise. For the Spirit instead of the Spirit of heaviness. You know what it means? It means maybe someone out there says, Oh, you're going to lose your job. I don't care. God's got this. Amen. Oh, you're going to have a bad report. Oh, your child's going to fail. I don't care. God's got this. And with the very fact that I know, and I know that all things, all things work together, I'm going to put on my garment of praise. Come on, everybody say praise God. I wish some of you would just take your garment of praise. Amen. If I'm here today, it's going to all end well. Everybody say praise the Lord. In spite and despite of my issues, God will still do it. Surely, goodness, mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody. Say praise the Lord. You want joy? You jump for it. Come on. Come on. I say again. You want joy? You decide. I jump for it. Amen. I jump for joy. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. This this feels like a little bit of DCD warm-up. It's been a while. 
Everybody say it's been a while. Amen. We doing some DCD warm up. I'm here to tell you this. All of you are so special in God's eyes. He wants you to be happy. Oh, he wants you to be joy. I use the word joy. Joy is better because happiness, happiness is based on your happenings. By joy, no one can steal that. Why are you so happy? Uh? You're going to lose your job now because I'm getting a better one. I mean, that's the kind of attitude we should have. Why are you so happy? Uh? The, bad, the doctor's report so bad. <laughs> because he's going to perform a miracle. Do not let the venom into your system. He may bite you. But do not let the venom go into your system. Because He's given us all authority. Amen. Everybody say praise God. Feel like an orphan? You're no longer an orphan. You have a spirit of adoption. You're not alone. Who told you that you're alone? But I don't feel like it. Then you behave like one. Everybody say amen. You know what? All the time I don't get up feeling that my wife loves me. Tell me all those that are in love. Tell me. Brother Edmund, do you feel that your wife loves you all the time? No. We take it by faith, right? Amen. Praise God. Amen. And we rejoice. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody say amen. Things have not changed yet, but I choose to believe and I trust God. Do you know, I'll close with this thought. Do you know something about trust? Listen, trust cannot be proven. That's why it's called trust. If she don't call me, I trust her that she's not going out with another guy. Do I have all the facts? I don't. I say again, I don't. But my God has been faithful. Come on, everybody say, I will not have any facts that she's calling a younger guy, but she has been faithful. Some of you have not heard the answer of your prayer. But let me say one thing. There is nothing to prove that he's been faithful. Just hang in on. I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Come on, everybody say praise God. Amen. Some of us need to start praising God as if our breakthrough is here. <laughs> Come on, everybody say praise the Lord. Amen. Some of us, before the breakthrough has come, we need to break through. Amen. Amen. You need to start to see things in the spirit and say, my God. And you confess it and you prophesy. Oh, God. Hallelujah, yes, Jesus. God. Yes, God. This is the day of Pentecost. Your neighbor said, This is the day of Pentecost. Yes. Amen. Let's clap our hands one more time. The Lord is good. Everybody say, Praise the Lord. Shake hands and be friendly again. Thank you for coming. Amen. I'm sure some of uh, we, you know, again, uh, 
Remember Tuesday we are not going to have prayer meetings However, stay prayerful for the joy kids Amen I say again You can teach all you want In the Bible about God But it's when God steps in Everything changes Amen I want our children to have a God encounter Amen Everybody say praise God Would you join in together with me one last time We pray and then I'll dismiss you Father in the name of Jesus Lord We agree together in Jesus name That you will come And visit our children Lord that you will visit them so deep So deep That you call them out Lord That you will Lord that you will Touch them in a Amazing manner that when they come out, they say, Wow, God is real. I pray for helpers. I pray, God, for those that are making themselves available. God, that you will feel that glory. That you will also change us. And we give you honor. We give you praise for answering our prayers. Amen. Let's give him praise one more time. Shake hands and smile. Say, The joy of the Lord is in this place. God bless every one of you.